Welcome to the Workbrand Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and theworkbrand.com. Salutations, this is Robert J. Kajewski once again. I am staff writer for The Work Print, and I am flanked by... Norton, also staff writer. Yes, and we're on to the second episode of The Idol titled Double Fantasy. Now, the one thing that I failed I failed to do was sort of mention, and by sort I mean completely not mention, the ending of the first episode, but it's perfect because it actually ties into this too. Uh, so at the end of the first episode, uh, Jocelyn, after, wait, do they have sex after or before? Wait. Does it really matter? Uh, Tedros and um, They Joss. only have sex in the studio, I think. In the studio, in yeah. in the club, she gets interrupted by the friend. Mm-hmm. And so uh, at some point, because she has a song, this big song, it's, an, it's her comeback. This is everything hinges on this song to be to thrust her back into the spotlight yes uh she's not feeling the song the entire first episode and still she's not feeling the song something about it to her reads fake yes um and i kind of actually sort of um with kesha uh sort of liken that too because i don't know how much kesha believed in uh tiktok and everything that came after that i know that she had a fucking really messy uh falling out uh not even falling out that's that's actually disrespectful to even say that uh, she had a rape case against her producer um dr luke i think his name was um and i think he was the producer of that i think it was that album and the albums after that it's a huge big to do and everything like that but with this newest album, it's brilliant, and she's taking back everything. She's completely reinventing herself. It's insane, and I think that's what Joss wanted to do, too, because this song that they wanted to put out is not her style, she feels like, anymore. The lyrics are, like, that's the thing. The lyrics are sexual, and you would think that would be her style, but she's not feeling it, correct? Yeah, I mean, so she isn't happy with it, but then... I feel like she gets emboldened by uh, Tetros mm-hmm. because he listens to it and she's like, oh, it sounds like shit, doesn't it? And he's like, it's all right. And then when she kind of pushes him, he's like, well, it just sounds like you don't mean it. Yeah. Like, it sounds like you've never had sex and yeah, you're, yeah. you're not really, you're just kind of playing at being mm-hmm. horny, I guess, or whatever the hell she's supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, keep going, keep going. Uh, so then he gets the brilliant idea that in order to uh <clears throat> in order to find the correct sound she would need to i guess have mind-blowing sex yeah so she could sing about how awesome it is yeah uh so at the end of the first episode he raps you know again i, I mentioned it's, the date it, at, yeah. at some point when she eventually goes downstairs for the date she's in like this red robe type thing he it's like a silk thing yeah so he takes it puts it over her head yeah wraps it around her head yeah. and then wraps the belt around it and kind of tightens it a little to make her sort of choke a bit I, I, yeah and it's weird because at some point he asks if she trusts her and she's like no which is understandable because they've literally just met uh, of uh course. you know earlier that day or that week we're not yeah. really sure what the time flow is on this so then 
at some point she is you know choking in this thing he finally says like open your mouth which i guess she does and he can see it so he takes a knife and pokes a hole into the into into the the it's like a gauze to give her uh the ability to breathe yeah and i feel like they're trying to go for like oh it's a vagina or it's an orifice uh because they really focus on this hole for a while and then they finally go to him and he's like oh now you can sing yeah and again it's supposed to you i i'm gonna this is gonna be you play say a a set your watches to this because it's gonna be a thing for me with the rest of the podcast coming through on this uh show uh and you can play a drinking game just be very very careful with this drinking game because i'm gonna say this phrase a lot because i said it a lot in the last episode i get what they're going with this i get really where they're going with this it's just not working it's not working for me this whole psychosexual thing now you can sing because you have this this titillation inside of you like on the brink of death it's not like flatliners or anything like that we're not it's not flatliners don't bring us to the almost brink of death just to excite us just for excitement but that's what they want to do so the second episode double fantasy opens up with her remixed version of the song she was not happy with remixed version has songs of uh, sounds of sex in it Uh, it's of them fucking which honestly i'm going to say there's two reasons why i got this immediately uh the music reference because in the first episode towards the end tedros able to test for his character uh basically says like look at donna summer for example love to love you baby amazing i want to say georgia Moroder produced song uh banger fucking banger in the club still is one of the greatest all-time disco songs there is a breakdown i think it's like a seven minute song or eight minute song there's a breakdown in the song uh, an interlude of sorts um where she literally has an orgasm now i'm gonna say literally because i can believe this it was the 70s coke was freely flowing <laughs> I like how we blame Coke for this. It was the 70s. I blame the 70s. I don't blame Coke. Coke has no horse in this race. Uh, and the thing is, that was a fabled song because... What was a fabled song? Love to Love You Baby. Oh. The one that played at the end during the credits of this. Oh. Uh, but her orgasm, in, and it goes perfectly with the song. That's the thing. It's iconic. Uh, it goes on for like two or three minutes. Now, the thing is that you go girl (laughs) honestly seriously yes because uh i mean i'm sure there's enough people i think it was also and i don't want to get too super i know it's a music show but i don't want to get too nerdy so i'm going to curb myself norton please probably the most interesting part of this whole episode yeah please fucking curb me please if you have to curb stop me if you have to wow but i really do think that this was also going for the dub because episodes entitled double fantasy uh there's a yoko ono song which uh, uh double fantasy was a john lennon yoko ono album a song called kiss 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 which i might have played on college radio norton says i did i feel um, like you did i feel like i probably would have but it has uh, i believe if it's not one japanese woman it's two japanese women having an orgasm so i i think it's a lesbian orgasm but i could be wrong i never really did too much research into it but you could tell obviously it's somebody coming um 
so I think that's the reason to the uh, nudge or the nod to Double Fantasy, the title of the episode. I can see that. I think I'm more than likely right on that. And speaking of the most interesting part of this episode, I think that's the most interesting part of this episode, the song itself, because I think it's a banger. I don't know like about the you. remix version? I love the remix version. Ugh. I really, really love the remix version. I didn't version. really like it. And I'll go even as far as, because I do have this in, in my notes. This is not something new. I'm not even talking about... I'm talking about owning sexuality, uh, but I'm not even talking about necessarily uh, only songs. For example, Bjork, or Bjork. I got to really start saying her name right now, because it's not Bjork, it's Bjork. Like Jerk. <laughs> I know. I mean, I just, that's the easiest way. Did she way. come I, out and complain about people saying her name wrong this she, whole time? She never complained about it, but like people in the know, and I just kind of found out um, a little while ago, like apparently Macklemore is not Macklemore, it's Macklemore. That's the, it's one of those stupid. Don't you not lists. like him anyway? Yeah, I know. So I'm still <laughs> calling him Macklemore. I don't give a fuck. to care, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the, the the thing is that with Bjork and Tricky, another fellow musician um, from the UK, one of my favorites of all time, actually, they had a relationship for a while. And um, I'm trying to think of the music video. I think it's pagan poetry, if I'm not mistaken. What they do is they film themselves actually having sex and they put it in the injected into the music video. And if you're of the mind, like, I'm going to speak for myself. I can't speak for Norton. But if you're of a mind like me, obviously shapes are going to appear like something. And this is one of those cases where your mind's actually right. It is two people fucking on screen. But the thing is that they make it so beautifully and so artistically, you can only really infer that that's what's happening, too. They make it, they do it with like geometric shapes and shit like that. So these, it's Bjork owning her sexuality, putting it out there. Uh, guys do it so much. It's like, why can't women do that? So I completely get the song. I wholeheartedly get the song. I always find it hilarious when men talk about women owning their sexuality. I know, you know, literally play just another fucking drink. I know. Like, ah, I know, I know. Nudity. I know, I know. Oh, no, you go, girl. Don't you let me stop you from taking off your top. I knew you had fucking something <laughs> loaded in the chamber because <laughs> you're like sitting at me, looking at me with those eyes. And I'm like, she's going to say something. I'm just, oh. but no, you're, you're completely fucking right. You're, it's you're always, wholeheartedly, you're wholeheartedly right. Like that. They're no. like, oh, well, I want to, you know, I'm pushing for women's rights. It's like, you're just pushing for nudity. No, I and I do want to, I do not just. Not to say that you're not sincere in your, in your No, message, no, no. But you definitely have a uh, ulterior motive is all I'm saying. I, I completely get it. I complete, and you're not wrong. You're, com I completely get it. Oh, I just. Like because I'm not an idiot. No, but the thing is, for me and musicians, I love when musicians of any kind really own their sexuality. But my whole thing is, even my idols like Iggy Pop and shit like that, where they've been owning sexuality for the longest time since the '60s, is just one of those things where it's like, okay, we get it. We've seen so many guys from Jim Morrison to Iggy Pop to Elvis Presley. I mean, I really don't want to say Elvis's name anymore because I don't really like him but um, again it, it's oh, it's like guys get away with it why can't women get away with it that's my whole thing because there's always a double standard there's I know I I, I I know the actual answer it's just it was an answer sent out to the ether which is probably where it's going like to stay and the patriarchy doesn't like women yeah we can't do anything about that mm -hmm. but anyway I'm getting off topic really quickly though um, I you didn't like the song too, I think, for one very specific reason, and we can go over time. That's fine, just a little bit. 
because this reminded me the whole actually recording your fucking and then sampling it and putting it into a song a remix of a song for whatever reason i guess because it was in the recording studio reminded me of nick and nora and that's not why i didn't like it Okay. I didn't like it because you didn't I like the felt song? like it didn't go with the music well enough. Like if she, so the interesting part about um, her remixing her song is that all it shows me is that she's clearly not a sound engineer. The, like uh, she's yeah, not a producer, yeah. very clearly. And I think it's kind of interesting because if she had maybe given her rough version mm. to maybe one of a, like a producer she knew yeah. or was working with and yeah. it said hey can you clean this up and make this sound awesome for me mm. I think it would have worked because the the song had potential mm. and you could definitely tell between the video version like when they're shooting the music video the version they play mm. versus the one you hear in the very beginning of the episode are very yeah. different there's a lot more depth to the one in the beginning mm. of the episode there's a lot more passion she definitely has a lot more of that um that nice, like you said, the sexuality, the owning it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I always hate that term, and I always will. I just, you know... I really uh, fucking hate that uh, term. Sorry, sorry, I just want to say uh, really quickly. Um, I think it's just because I'm so used to reading it. The no, vernaculars I get it. It's, and, again, it's a zeitgeist term. I it get is, it. It's and I agree with you. It, it is People kind like of... People like to own shit now. No, I, no, to that's, me, it's like, look, you're, just... You're completely right. Just you are. Be, like, you're being you sexual. Just be sexual. You don't have to say I'm owning my sexuality. You're just being sexual. It's fine. If somebody yeah. calls you a whore or a slut or this or that you can just ignore them that's the whole point but anyway in this case you can tell that she really sort of actually enjoys singing the song and that's the big difference yeah between the the version that she has to dance to in the music video and the version she makes of herself you can tell she enjoys singing it in the other version well which one the version she makes herself and the difference is yeah if she like and I think uh, what's what face like even says to her, uh, Tetros even says to her like, you shouldn't have sh- you shouldn't have given them the rough version. Mm. You should have cleaned it up. Like even if I had come over and worked with you on it, or like you know again, if she had a uh, professional yeah. producer work on it, I think it would have worked. I get, but she goes and she plays for them a rough version because yeah. to me, the sex in the background, like. Yes, you can make that work in the respect yeah. of the song. No. She doesn't. No, but it's just out of nowhere, and it doesn't go with the song I think, at all. And if I'm really, really being kind, maybe they, they caught me on a really nice day. Because, again, giving zero uh, for the last episode stars out of stars out of five stars. Uh, I and maybe this is just me. Maybe I'm overthinking shit. But what I did notice about that song. Uh, her remixed version uh, and maybe it's just the musician's ears in me but I noticed that the mix was horrible I mean I was listening more to the actual beat than anything the the, the mix was down on her vocals and a lot of times what um, if you're really shitty uh, or a really shitty singer the producer of a record will do that they'll try to hide your vocals underneath like lots of stuff so if she produced that song that also shows me that she doesn't have enough confidence in herself she's burying her vocals i'll take your word for it that's what i remember from the song i could be completely wrong but if that's the case if they're taking a little bit more detail on that i'll give them like half a point i'll be kind of 
it just I'm not saying in the grand scheme of things I'm just saying let's call it half a point I mean you can tell in the music video version that it is very highly produced and that her song is very clean and her voice is very clean but, but that's it's the very original hollow. but the, yeah it's the original version that's what I'm saying yeah, yeah. like that's no, it's, why it's, she's, yeah, she I agree. likes her I remix agree. better because she's not as hollow mm-hmm. I and agree. I like that's probably the one part of the song I actually enjoyed because yeah. again, I didn't really like the sex sounds. I didn't feel like they flowed well. Mm. I don't think she incorporated them well into the song at all, and I don't think they really worked with it. But her passion behind it was good. Yeah. And I mean, they like the entire time in this fucking show, they've been talking about how she's like, she's amazing and she's talented and this and that. And like, this is the only time I ever see her actually be talented. Yeah. Is when she remakes this song. Now, later on in the episode, mm-hmm. so we have the we have the part where she, you know, excitedly reveals to her crew this is what she wants to do. Yeah. And of course, like all good parents who hold the coffers to her purse, they say, No, you're fucking psychotic. Like, we've already put all this work into your, your shallow dead version. That's the version we're releasing. Yeah. Uh so she's, you know, kind of a pan no she is not happy about this. Mm. They go to do the video for it, and to me, this is where the show kind of loses me a little, only because this this whole thing happens with the video, right? Like she's doing the video, she goes into the she goes into the makeup trailer, and apparently she's three hours late because mm. they had to put makeup on her thighs because she has cuts okay. in her thighs. Yeah, uh, let's. Uh, can you put in a, a pin in that really, really quickly? Just because yeah, this let's comes. Go explain the thighs. No, well, no, I wasn't explaining that because these are like this is where it starts to get slightly heavier in terms of shit that's wrong with Joss. No, I wanted to comment because just I had this in my notes, so I wanted to kind of go in order. That's the only reason. Go for it. Um, there's also another masturbation scene. If there weren't one, like one wasn't enough in like every couple of episodes. No, the second one, there's one with a glass. She has a glass. Yeah, so she's listening to the remix that she made, yeah. and uh, she sits there with this glass of, like, ice, puts well, it yeah, between her yeah. legs, and is, like, gyrating Which, against it. Which, to me, again, I get where it's going. It's trying to be salacious. It's trying to be... Uh, a, I don't even know the thing is that if you would call this water cooler moment because it is hbo and fucking hbo like game of thrones you're thinking of like something that you could talk of talk about like at the water cooler the next day at work did you see this shit it tries to have too many of those moments to get people talking i'm not hearing anybody talking outside of how bad it is now to me that scene even the other masturbation scene uh i'm not watching this series i'm watching this series to rant that's my jerking off honestly i'm not watching this series to actually get off and it's not sexy if it meant to be sexy that's one thing i think that sam levinson and uh fucking weekend i think that their whole thing that they keep just pounding into people which probably poor choice of words is that you're supposed to feel uncomfortable it's not supposed to be sexy which i think is kind of like a stupid cop-out because they were trying to be edgy and make people feel uncomfortable, but I think in the end, they really are thinking to themselves they have some bigger message to send to people. What that is, I still, if I missed it, I missed it, but it doesn't seem like they're getting anything across that's of importance to me or anybody else's lives, for that matter. No, Especially through like the sex and the violent sex. 
uh, I mean, again, it's um, it's bordering BDSM, but uh, yeah, uh, so yeah, Joss of. with the glass. Um, ironically enough, when I was watching this scene, I was thinking to myself, like, <laughs> does that work? Well, <laughs> yes. Part of me was kind of like, okay, that's a weird way to go about it. Hey. But the other part of me was like, aren't you going to break the glass? And mm. apparently, she did. Yeah. Uh, because later on, when she goes to do the music video, she's stuck in the makeup trailer because she cut her thighs, and the makeup has to like cover all the cuts. Yeah. So they put her into this again. Oh, in case I haven't mentioned this, and I don't think I did, I actually meant to say it, but mm-hmm. what the fuck is with the clothes on this fucking show? Oh, yeah. Holy shit. No. Uh, if Joss is not in some state of un undress yeah. or nudity or almost nudity i don't know that she exists at all to yeah. be honest like the first episode has her in this insane black yeah. top that is meant for her to dance in which i get only after the second episode because the outfit that she gets quote unquote sewed into for the video mirrors a lot of what the top is so it's like okay i kind of understand your top now mm-hmm. but later on when she goes to the club she has this ridiculous tank top that is essentially just like all the way down to basically her nipples and then it's just you know and her nipples are what is it mary jane and spider-man all the time i mean the, the, i'm, I'm just definitely hard nipples the whole time yeah no, I, I don't know if it's cold on set. I don't know if they just. I'm sure they. I, I'm they sure like, you no. have to have hard nipples the whole time. I'm sure all AC, all fans, uh, all that the stuff. The end of the first episode has Only her fans. in this insane red top that is basically just like a square of cloth that is that ends again right below her nipples, and yeah. so like she's got an ass fuck of under boob and side boob everywhere. I'm, yeah, and in this episode, uh, again, it's the same thing. It's like you know. Most of it takes place at this um, at the video, so you just see her in this ridiculous outfit yeah. that she's been put into, and the video very much reminds me of "Worth It," which is also another weekend song yep, yep, and another yep, weekend yep, video, yep, yep, which yep, also yep. takes place in a strip club. Convenient yep, enough. Wow. Yep. yep. I mean, again, this is basically just no, the I weekend, mean, like yeah. having fun with music videos. No, which again, I'm not hating on Abel for doing that get yours that's the thing it i am not hating him on expanding his horizons i believe that everybody should spread their wings nobody could tell you no i mean they can but they I mean, should. it's well that's the thing they can't tell you or i mean they can tell you no but should they and in this case yeah uh, yeah they should have definitely said no no the, uh, so they're at the onset with the music so they're video. on set. They're doing the music video. She's, Everyone's mad because yeah. she's late. Everyone's mad because it's costing a shit ton of money. Yep. And here's the thing. So, throughout the music video, she is becoming very obsessed with getting it right and mm-hmm. getting it perfect. And her producer and the the director of the video basically just want to get things done because they've already wasted enough money as it stands. So Joss manages to have a breakdown mm. like complete with calling for her mother and everything yeah uh we also get a view of her feet which have been just destroyed toe up, toe up, from toe her up. horrible shoes from the flow up. uh 
to the point that finally her director and her producer say we're done like we can't do this anymore yeah. and Joss begs them like can we please do this tomorrow or another day like yeah. we'll try it again now here's my thing at the beginning before we started all this she tells Haim she doesn't want to do the music video and that she wants to do it another day yeah she's begging him for this and he says no sorry I can't make this happen. They've already paid the money, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Then she goes and does the music video, has the breakdown, blah, yeah. blah, blah, shows her nasty feet, blah, blah, blah. Everybody's like, oh, no. So they they stop everything and they say, yes, we'll do this another day. Now, the show leads me to believe one of two things. Mm. Either A, Joss is a master manipulator and has like engineered all of this the pain <coughs> the crying the breakdown yeah. in order to get her way ultimately mm -hmm. or not at all and it just worked out in her favor i don't think that they and have the, problem is the that, foresight to do that yeah that's the pro the problem is that you don't get the you get this weird half impression that she because later on when she's talking to the weekend about the video shoot and how it goes wrong all she yeah. says to him is Oh, I cried a little bit, and then I cr and I then couldn't stop crying, and we just stopped the video, and we'll do it another day. Yeah, yeah. That's her take on it. Yeah. And also the fact that later on, when she goes to meet him, she puts shoes, she puts more painful shoes on her feet, just to be sexy for him. Yeah. So the idea that she couldn't handle it for the video, but could handle it for him, yeah, leads one to assume, oh, she manipulated the whole situation. She's really a mastermind. But the problem is that I don't believe it of her. Yeah, even like, if they did Even go if that they route. intended that to be the point, yeah. she just doesn't come across as capable of it. No, but I mean, that's why I'm saying I don't think they have the foresight to do that. I think they really, really expect you to feel for Joss. No, no, no. I get that they want you to feel for Joss. I think the problem is that I don't know if they want to manipulate your feelings for her, the way she's trying to manipulate her teams, or whether they're saying, yeah. you know, oh, no, she's sincerely in trouble and this is real. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're going to do a show about mental illness in the music industry with pop idols and have all these weird commentary things, that's fine. But do it sincerely then. Don't gaslight your audience and say, well, on the one hand... What if it's really not, like, real? if she's really not the victim? Because yeah. they did it in the first episode, too. The first episode is all about how they're afraid that she's going to have a downward spiral because of this leaked photo. Mm -hmm. And about how vulnerable he is and how much she has to be uh, coddled by everyone around her. And yet, throughout the episode, you see her... You know, she she doesn't give a shit about the choreography. Yeah. She doesn't give a shit about the leaked photo. No. She doesn't really care about her body being sexualized. Yeah. They're creating these two different ideals of this person yeah. as like they want her to come off as a victim. They also don't want her to come yeah. off as a victim. And it's like, no, you have to pick a lane. No, I get like, it. If you're going to make a comment about the music industry using and, and abusing women, especially young girls like this. I mean, again, she's not young, young, but she's 20s, whatever. Yeah. You know, assuming she grew up in this industry and got like, you know, fucked over six ways Sunday. Great. Mm -hmm. But then stick to that. Like, be yeah. honest about it. The problem with this show is that it doesn't know what it wants to do in terms of 
like you said, doesn't want to be like a psychosexual mm-hmm. mind game thriller of like, oh, she's really Nev Campbell from, uh, yeah. what was it called? Um, Wild Things? Wild Things. Or is she just Drew Barrymore's character from the beginning of Scream, waiting to get murdered? Yeah. Like, uh, again, I don't see it as... And her interactions with Abel make everything more confusing. Yeah. Oh, also, also, did you have anything more to add in the music video uh, stuff? Hold on. Uh, there's Notes a couple... Uh, I mean, I did put, and I just want to say, uh, again, another complaint that I'm lodging. Fair enough. But uh, with that stupid... Back up to that stupid... Not only the masturbation scene, but the, just the sex scene so far. Unentertaining. Very non-titillating. I've seen better prefaces to porn scenes. More entertaining than what I've seen on screen so far. There's this thing, and it's just going to go on an aside really quickly. I go for it. And say that you could actually YouTube it up. Uh, it's called Lemon Stealing Sluts. That It's a preface to a porn scene. Okay. It stars uh, Joanna Angel, which she's awesome. One, they're talking about sluts that actually steal lemons off trees. That's all. It's like a five-minute scene. That's infinitely better than anything that's supposed even remotely titillating. All right. So after the music video happens mm-hmm. and she gets a hold of Tetros, who has been playing a bit of hard to get, uh... We have another interesting scene with Tetros where she's on the phone with him and you see, uh, what's her face? Jen? Jenna? What's the Asian dancer? Diane. 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 I was way off. I'm bad with names. No, because Jenny is the actress's real name. Jenny Kim. Oh, okay. So now, like I said in the beginning, in the first episode, Diane is presented as like this much better dancer than Joss. Yeah. I was kind of happy because it didn't seem like it was a rivalry type thing. Didn't seem like they hate each other. Seemed like they actually liked each other. Yeah. The second episode just says like, oh, remember all that? Yeah, we're just going to forget all that. Now, supposedly, Diane is a employee, a a horse of uh, Tetros's stable. We're not sure what Tetros is at this point. He owns a club and that's all we got. Uh, he seems to have this weird, like, collection of talented people around him Mm -hmm. that he just collects. He just brings them into the fray. Um, and there's a scene where he's on the phone with Joss and Diane is there and she's like, oh, you know, now all of a sudden she plays like the jealous one. She Mm -hmm. plays like the sort of rival. And it's also uh, in this episode that Diane is officially made a rival because after Joss has her breakdown and leaves set, Mm. uh, the producer lady who, again, was such a ball breaker in the first episode, all of a sudden turns into this really softy for Joss and goes, no, 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 you, you, it's okay, we'll take care of you, blah, blah, blah. Sends her off and then turns back into a, a lying piece of shit because she calls Diane in, Mm. presumably because... She wants to see if... I think earlier in the episode, they test to see if Diane can sing. Yeah. Uh, so now they're bringing Diane yeah. in to basically fill in for Joss. Yeah. So the underlining idea is that Diane is going to replace Joss ultimately. Yeah. Uh, and even in personal aspects... So professionally, Diane is now pitted against Joss. Yeah. And personally, Diane has been pitted against Joss because when she hears The weekend talking with Joss on the phone... She's like, oh, aren't I better than her? And of course, Tetris is like, sure, you're better than her. Blah, blah, blah. 
So now we have that set up mm. with no real reason or like, I had no idea those two assholes knew each other at all. This is the yeah. first time I'm hearing of this. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, everybody on her entourage has no idea who Tetros is. They yeah. can't seem to find any information about him. No. Except that he's from Hawaii, he's from which Hawaii. leads to this weird, I guess, quasi-racist conversation about him looking Hawaiian. Well, that's it's supposed to. It's not. It's supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be one of those things where which be, I guess is like the whole Bukaki conversation in the yeah, first episode, which is again so stupid because it was a line like what con like qualifies as Bukaki, which most people know what it is. So I need to really go into that. But it's like, it's a throwaway line. It's supposed to be a joke. It's supposed to be an edgy joke. And I have something actually kind of like that in my comedy pilot script. Uh, it doesn't deal with Bukaki, but it's something along that sort of beat. But it, I mean, I get it, but it had real no, really no place uh, in the context of things. It didn't, there was no sense of urgency with the line. They're like, it just... I mean, it's trying just to be edgy. there to indicate how not in the know Haim is. Yeah. Uh, and in this case... I get case, it, I get it. In the second episode... Um, Two shots. What the hell was the joke? What was I talking about? Well, you were, <laughs> it, it, well, you were talking just about... Um, well, before, if you... Just to let you yeah, maybe go for catch it. it. My brain is fried um, right now. With Tedros... Uh, oh, that's right. The Hawaiian thing. Go oh, on. The Hawaiian thing. Okay, they were... Uh, but with Tedros... Which I think is also Haim, or Haim again. Yeah. Like, the weird thing is that they were trying to point poke fun at, like, uh, political correctness. Because Chloe kept saying... Not Chloe. Was it Chloe? Chloe's the... Chloe's the crazy singer lady. Yeah. Not the best not, friend. No, not the best friend. Um, I don't know the best friend's name. Nikki? No, Nikki is... <laughs> this is how great we are. Didn't you pull up the IMDb on this? I have, but I have my notes up oh, at the well, same time. It. I mean, the good thing is we have the app, so you don't have to... Yeah, Chloe's the crazy, crazy good singing one. Oh, and as you're looking, you could just search up the whole cast list, too. That's easier. Um, we also, in addition to all this chaos, we were completely remiss in saying that, um, additionally, Joss has... She's being profiled by Vanity Fair. Oh, yes. The, uh... There's a, I believe, transgender... I'm assuming she's transgender. Uh, journalist so from Nikki Vanity Fair. So Nikki is her friend. Okay. Yeah, that one, I think. Even though she looks very different. Yeah. So I don't know if that's supposed to be her. But... Oh, no. 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 Nikki, Leah. That's Leah, her friend. Leah. Yeah. I'm, I'm well, looking for the nose. I'm like, where is this chick with the nose? <laughs> But um, very distinct face with Tedros and just his whole vibe. He did, and I did make a note of this, which again, this goes back towards the whole oh, he's supposed to be bad, he's supposed to be menacing, he's supposed to be sexual, he's supposed to be an intimidating character. He's supposed to be. He did say something when she was, and I keep going to that stupid glass scene because uh, she's kind of going back into the recesses of, of when they were fucking and. Uh, he said something to the effect of the voice inside of her. He wants he wants to reach in and pull out, and I'm like, okay. First of all, big army hammer energy, like big army hammer energy. It's like the it's so gross, but I've seen it all and heard it all before. It's not it's not shocking anymore. Mm. They've done this shit has been done so many times. Harry Neff. Is the uh, Harnath, yeah, is Talia or Hari, 
possibly. Harry, Harry, whatever. But um, so, and the thing is that I get the weekend's whole thing. He doesn't want to be pigeonholed, but to be, he's not a Svengali. That's the thing. I mean, he appears to be Manson-like. Okay, I but guess I'll bring in my Manson let's, theory. Let's go. Yeah, I kind of right. I want to tee you. I teed you off. Let's get this going. Okay, so after the the music video and all that shit and you know she goes home she puts on her pointy fucking shoes and meets the weekend he comes over and she i don't know if she necessarily invites the crew with him but he brings them yeah so it's him the uh the tall black dude with the blonde hair mm-hmm. the crazy little uh, white chick and is it just the three of them I think it's just the three of them yeah and then uh the friend oh yeah her friend so mm-hmm. the four of them hang out now the interesting part and this is why like this brings the whole manson thing is yeah so at the very end of the episode the reason why i get with the manson thing is because the crazy chick chloe sits down at a piano and starts playing a fucking song and singing mm. And it's a thing about her family. Yeah. And how they don't get along. Yeah. But she's cool with it. Mm-hmm. And it makes her mom sad. Yeah. And everybody starts gathering around the piano and singing this fucking song. Was it like we're a family, but we don't like each other? Or we're something? a family, but we don't like each other very much. Yeah. Uh, I'm okay with it, but it breaks my mother's heart, is yeah. like generally yeah. what the, the lyrics are. It's pretty. It's a pretty song. It's. In a, I mean, I'm not. I and uh, I just want to really inject quickly. I'm not mad at the music in this series so far. I think a lot of it's produced by The Weeknd, which is fine. That's all I want to say. Anyway, so if you look back at the way that the interactions between him and his entourage go, you get very Mansony vibes, and this is why. One. He seems to be attracted to and pull into his orbit people who are more talented than him. Mm. Chloe can play the piano and sing beautifully. Yeah. Joss obviously can sing beautifully. The black dude, whose name I cannot think of, and I'm very sorry, but uh, he can sing, apparently. That's how The Weeknd finds him, is I think he said he's singing in his church choir. Which might explain why the friend with the nose is the one that gets left out most of the time so now the black dude with the blonde hair and the friend with the nose are kind of an item they yeah. sort of like he's interested in her she seems a little like wary and everything she seems like the more down to earth person in the whole group which is probably why the weekend doesn't like her uh, he, he gives her a very pointed look at the end of the episode and you'll notice when they're all gathered around the piano she's not you know, she just got boned in the ass by this guy, but she's like hanging out on the side. Yeah. Not singing with them because as far as we can tell, she doesn't have any talent. All uh, she is yeah. is Joss's assistant and best friend. And best friend. Is yeah. what we hear. Yeah. Uh, I think her name is Nikki. Was that Nikki? Yes. I don't know. I just looked at the IMDb and I don't care. But the point is. Oh, uh, Leia. Leia, you said Leia. Oh, yeah, Leia. Or Leah. Leah. Either way. To me, it seems like they're trying to go for a Manson vibe with him. Especially when you see the way that he sexualizes Joss almost immediately. Yeah. And likes to control her using sex. 
You know, the idea that I'm the only one who can bring you to true orgasm. I'm the only one who knows what you want. I'm the only one who can bring out this side of you. Uh, Later, there's a scene earlier before the piano uh, where they're, you know, finally having sex or whatever, having sex again, who knows what it is. Mm. And the entire point is that, so Chloe comes over with him. She gets naked because she sees a pool. And she looks at him and asks him if she can swim in the pool, even though it's Joss's house. Yeah. She looks to him for permission. Yeah. And when he says yes, she doesn't look at Joss or anything. She just takes her fucking clothes off and pops in the pool. Yeah. Then she proceeds to roam around Joss's house like she owns it. Yeah. Putting on Joss's clothes, hanging out in Joss's closet. Yeah. Looking at all her shit, playing her piano. While watching them fuck. So, yeah, later on, when they go upstairs, her and the weekend go upstairs, uh, Chloe is in the closet, Mm. in this giant walk-in closet, watching them bang. Mm. Kind of turned on, but not really. It's hard to tell. Uh, Uh, Probably. It's probably supposed to be. It it was hard for me to kind of zero in on her face, but when I tried to, I was trying to look for intent. Like, what was her motivation? Like, both parts confused and bemused and and horny. I would think that... I think they're trying to go for, oh, it's, uh, you know, uh, voyeurism. Voyeurism, And he's an exhibitionist because he, at one point, goes in the closet and knows she's there. Yeah. She gives him the, the sash that he puts over Joss's eyes. Yeah. Which, you're wondering if... He ties the thing around her eyes because to keep her from noticing Chloe. Mm. But technically, Joss is the one who asked him to do it. Yeah. So then they have sex. Mm. They're laying in bed. And somehow Chloe has gotten out of the closet and gone downstairs to the piano and is playing. Yeah. And that's where we get to that scene where she starts playing. Yeah. And Joss is like, who is that? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, like, the weekend's like, oh, it's Chloe. And she's like, oh, she's amazing. Yeah. And she goes downstairs, and that's when they start getting drawn into the piano. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the literal fuck right now? Yeah. But yeah, that's to me, that's big Manson vibes. No, and it I'm is. wondering, it like, is. and also the fact that every time he's around, aside from his his car having its own weird sexy saxophone theme, mm. when he's physically with Joss at any point in time in this show, they don't play good music. They play like really sinister, scary music. Like he's gonna murder her. Uh, the the and I. This is just a very quick aside for my own sanity. I didn't mark it down, but I thought it sounded like the intro to uh, the Isaac, like the a very different slow down. Oh, Isaac, for, that's the black guy. Yeah, Isaac. Apologies. Uh, Isaac Hayes' version of Walk On By, it sounded so much like the 70s, a brilliant version of it. And I think it was, because the notes matched up, but they didn't really go more on, they didn't expound upon it, but I've heard it a couple of times in the episode, so I'm like, maybe it's a thing, I get it, but... Not the theme music, not Not when he drives in and it's playing like that weird careless whisper ripoff, but... Or the the Red Shoe Diaries yeah. ripoff. No, yeah, yeah. I'm talking yeah. about when no, they actually start. No, getting I know what together, you're talking about. I know. And they you're have that about. fucking music where it's like, mm-hmm. brrr, and I'm like, ah. Uh. Going uh, along with the trying to shock the audience, the one scene that really pissed me off in this episode was when um, we see Isaac and Tedros. Isaac apparently is either doing something. He's either edging. Speaking of edgy. 
Uh, he's either edging. He's doing some sort of electroshock. I think it's edging, personally. Oh, yeah, that weird scene where yeah. it looks like they're shooting in porn, right? It looks like he's yes. shooting porn. Um, so Tejos is commanding him. In the, sh in the episode where... So after Joss um, gives her 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 uh, record, you know, plays the record for the people and they say no, she goes up to her room and she tries to call The weekend to tell him. Uh, and he briefly talks to her. He's like, oh, I'm busy. I can't really talk. And then they cut to him. And he's in this weird, like room yeah. and yet Isaac is above two women mm, and he's and I don't like, know if he's naked or not it's no you know he, no I could tell uh just because the screen was a little closer to me uh, I think he just had his boxers on but he was like humping he was humping air like he's humping we, the air. so I'm like okay what is he doing I know that it's supposed to be something devious which by the way Tetris has her do later on when she's blindfolded uh, he has her hump the air in the bed. maybe he just likes humping <laughs> really, air maybe that's his kink I don't know likes. Air humping. Air humping. I guess. Why not? Because um, he's like, oh, ride me, baby. And she's like, there's nobody there. But sure, I'll ride you. But with Isaac, Isaac apparently had like, because I don't know if you remember or noticed, but he had like a little buzz thing. Yeah, now, I didn't know what the fuck that was. It was either, I didn't see a collar on him, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a dog, a buzz dog collar. Or if it was... I thought it was for the ladies. Like, maybe they had those little things inside of them. Could be. Like, the panties. But the thing is, like, I thought I heard Isaac sort of with a pained, almost pleasured uh, grunt, like, right before the scene ended. Because, if that would make sense, there is a sub uh, kink uh, in the community where it's electro. Um, it's an electro kink. So you hook, like, electric shit up to your balls or whatever. <laughs> and... Men you could edge so like weird. that. Men are fucking weird. I'll be honest with you. I'm you just. People are the worst. I mean, the thing is, it's not enough just to jerk our cocks off. No. That's. I mean, I'm. I'm putting it as like, a, a, one of those stupid questions that should be answered within one AMA. word. This is your Reddit AMA. Well, I mean, it could be AMA would be way too long for <laughs> onanism, but I thought to myself when I was seeing that scene, come on come on i'm like this i mean granted i know what they're trying to do uh i take a drink yeah well i said no this time to give them to give the audience an actual <laughs> little break take a drink of water please uh i their thing is that we're going to explore the underworld of kink we're going to introduce this to a whole new audience which I want to think that they're trying to be the new Fifty Shades of Grey because they're going further, I would assume, not having seen the movie, but Norton has. Uh, and you've read the book, right? I read the book. I saw the movie. So is this going further in terms of shock value than Fifty Shades on the same level or just because this is the, the yardstick that I'm measuring it by also, at this point? Also, let's, let's also preface this by saying that people in the bdsm community oh, do not yeah. like no they hate they hate a they don't poor, like it at all a poor with a passion they feel like it's dishonest and it's not truthful to the community uh so that being said yeah yeah this sucks about on the same level. on the same level this is about right. on the same level of just okay. like oh my god what if vanilla people were to like put up their most unusual fantasy of what bdsm is yeah that's what it that's feels what 50 like shades is. no that's what it feels like it's a vanilla person saying like I wonder what kinks like that. Yeah, and I'm not here for it. I no. mean, granted, I because it's 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 insincere. It is. Yeah, it's disingenuous. And as much as acting is acting, you have to be at least somewhat sincere. That's the whole point of mm -hmm. it. 
I mean, it You're sounds... You're trying to lie to me and make me believe you, and you fail. I want to see, again, if by the last episode of this season, if there's some redeeming thread through the entire thing, I highly doubt it. I so, highly doubt it's going to get any better. The only two ways that this ends is murder or nothing. Mm. Like, either she just goes on to be a pop princess... Or possibly the third option is she goes on to be a pop failure. Or, first and foremost, or like some Shannon Tate shit's about to go down. Yeah. Like, well, the y'all thing are about is to either that kill somebody or be killed by somebody. Uh, I was uh, closer to, uh, before we started this the, the podcast, I was closer to uh, kind of like the middle still. But, like, towards the end, Norton goes to me and she says, uh, like, this gives me Manson vibes. You'll see in a second. I was expecting bloodshed, personally. I didn't know that. But then the whole song made sense. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right. And I thought to myself, and I told this Norton, that, well, this whole show gives me a California vibe. Manson, the Manson family, like, Spawn Ranch, Cielo Drive, that whole thing is California to a T. Whether California wants to... Yeah, that's fine. Uh, whether California wants to claim Manson and his family as their own, probably not, but it's part of their history. Well, they don't have any choice. No, I like, mean, they made a goddamn movie, Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, about mm. it. But that's purely California and uniquely Californian. Uh, so if what you're saying, which I think I'll give you definitely a point or you know what i, I want to do this on the podcast so i'm mm. going to shake your hand right now <laughs> but before i do that let's make a bet oh what are we betting i will bet you a dollar that it's not uh like manson family vibes just because i want to be contrarian okay and if it is then i will bet you uh just something simple it's the summer now so i'll take you out for ice cream oh i like it all right Sounds we're shaking good. you we're can't shaking. see that right now shaking happened uh so let's see how you go uh, what ultimately would you give this episode? Because I think we're more or less we've covered the main areas of this episode. Yeah, I mean... I have other notes, but I mean, uh, the only other thing that I was going to say really quickly is uh, initially in the episode, this particular episode, her handlers, all the people that are looking out for her, her guardian angels, uh, they're all saying the same thing. This is against the grain. This is not commercial. Nobody's going to go for this. And so to me, that gives off probably the same handlers and uh, I'll say sycophants even or lip service people um, or acolytes that Lil Nas X had gotten or Sam Smith. Because if you look at their trajectory, especially within the last two years, they're like not even psychosexual. They're hypersexual and they're selling millions like the, I think the last, uh, not this is really s small brief aside. Uh, Sam Smith don't give a fuck these days, which I like about him. And th his song with Kim Petras, um, what was it called? The Ho unholy, unholy, unholy. I thought that was a banger too, but um, he just he's owning his shit. I think that's what they want Joss to do with this, but it's just not coming through. So the only thing I would say to that is that. Her main handler doesn't mm. seem to like it, but her... So, Haim seems to be 
in her house, but kind of in that weird way of like, look, I want to root for you, but you're not giving me much to root for. Yeah. And then the black chick seems to just be like, oh no, like, you know, you the master, like you're, you're running everything. Everyone's here because of you. So act like it, like yeah. own your power, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and that's it. We don't really see anything of the gay guy, and I don't think uh, we do a little bit. We do uh, uh, Xander. We see only because uh, Talia, the oh, writer right. from Vanity Fair, technically Xander uh, helps her off the stage. Yeah, te- yeah, because he's at the shoot. I mean, they always say off the record. I mean, I don't know how accountable oh, you can right, hold yeah. a, hold journalists to when they say off the record. Mm. But she was asking Xander, like, what's because this is all profile, so she's got to interview everybody in her camp. Yeah. Uh, so, off the record, she gets Xander's real input on just the situation as a whole and his role in it. He's not very happy, exactly, uh, with the situation with Joss. No, but that's when you do get the honest um, answer of him where he's like, look, I'm here, mm-hmm. and I'm here for her, and I yeah. love her, yeah. but there's not much I can do. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I'm just along for the ride, really. Yeah, and Talia gets out her pen when he's gone and writes. So, I mean, she doesn't have to say exactly what he said. But She's then been... don't forget, they also, the the main producer lady, the, yeah. the one you like, she gets Talia to stick around for when Diane comes along. She does. And later on, we hear that the the profile got scrapped. Yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the yeah, Diane right. thing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, I will say that Nikki... Wow, I can't believe I remember that. <laughs> did. We're learning. Hi-oh. Uh, we're at least retaining a little bit. Maybe because it's so bad, it's... I don't know. This would be one of those weird science experiments. Like, do we retain because it's so bad? And do people remember bad movies? It's a porn so bad, you remember the plot. Yeah, like one of those things. Um... But I do like, I'll say, that kind of as one last thing, acting-wise, um, I still like Nikki. Um, I still like Jane Addams' character. Uh, I do like the fact that she's slimy, but... What the hell is Nikki, anyway? I thought she was just... Ma- like, she acts like a manager. Not the friend. The friend-slash-assistant is Leah. That's the one with no, the not, No, not, not... No, the older woman. She was on set for most that's of it. That's her? That's, that's, that's Nikki? Adam. Yeah, that's Nikki. Oh. Yeah. And the other older woman was the director of the music video. Yes, I remember yeah. the director of the yeah. music video. Because she even calls, she even says, like, I'm the director yeah. or am I not the director? Yeah, because she's like, am I the director yeah. or not? No, right. Nikki, I, I believe, is her manager. No, manager. I think you're right. That's her name. I mean, the only reason I would say that is because she talks a lot for somebody who's not her manager so i would think no no she is she's like the main uh the main manager. but i do like the underhanded move of taking diane and or diana uh or diane i think diane, diane and putting her as sort of like you're up to bat like yeah. you're the you're the uh, understudy yeah because and not only saying that but also keeping joss on because she's a manager. Well, I mean, managers are notoriously slimy. So she's playing that up really well and being two-faced really well. And she seems like the type I get this vibe off of her character that she'll keep Joss on because she knows Joss is still a name while trying to be the... Maybe she wants to be a Svengali in that sense. Maybe this is her first artist if she's going to coach her and stuff like that. Bleed somebody dry, even if they're just like a like a white dwarf. I mean, 
Or Red Dwarf, which is the one that's dying. Red Dwarf, I think. Uh, sure, I don't know. I don't I'm not know. good at stars. The point is, I didn't take astronomy. Um, but she's headed towards a black hole, but she's still keeping her on, like, saying, still do your shit. So, I think, ultimately, Nikki is this weird dichotomy of, like... And, and at the one point, she does care about Joss mm. as a person, but she is also business savvy. So, if she sees that Diane is a capable person that she can groom into this next rising star... Yeah. She's not going to stop herself from from doing that. Yeah. There's no part of her business acumen that would say like, "Oh, well that would be disloyal." She's like, "No, fuck that." Like, yeah, Joss is my OG and she's fine, but I mm-hmm. think she's kind of like Haim in that sense where she wants to root for Josh, but Josh isn't giving her anything. Yeah. But whereas Haim is willing to sort of stay in the lifeboat with Joss, mm-hmm. Nikki's like, "Let me see if this giant cruise ship that's coming along will give mm-hmm. me a ride." Yeah. And I'll tie the little lifeboat to the back of the cruise mm-hmm. ship and drag you along for as long as, you know, you're willing to stay on there. Mm-hmm. But that's not my problem. Like yeah. I need to make money. That's true. And I mean, that's why ultimately she doesn't want to do the single that Joss remixed because she's like, "Look, we already sunk money into the into the commercial one." Yeah. Like we need to sell. We like we don't have the capital to take this risk that you want to do. Yeah, it's not that she's against Joss being risky. It's just that she's against Joss being risky now. Mm. Yeah, like, that makes maybe sense. Maybe if she'd stood up for herself years ago, fine. But you know, she even says mm. to her, she's like, "Look, we were very successful, and then you had a fucking breakdown, yeah. lost your fucking mind. We lost an ass fuck of money yeah. because of it." And now we're trying to build back up after it. Mm. So in her mind, I'm sure she tells herself, Joss owes me this. Mm. Like, if I'm going to take Diane and make her into something, Joss can't say shit because Joss has given me nothing. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. But I will say that ultimately I do find, and I agree with you, I think her character is probably the most well acted Mm. and like not likable per se, but in the succession sense of like... yeah. You want to know more about this character. You mm-hmm. want to see more of this character. Like, they're the star of the show, and they shouldn't be. Yeah. The two people that are meant to be the star of the agreed, show... Agreed. ...are just, like, boring as fuck, and I don't They'll care about them. agreed. And I think on that note, we'll end. Yeah, I'm good with that. Um, uh, I would also so give it a half star. Okay. Um, now, I'm going to be a bit... Not kinder... But I'm seeing where this is picking up. Now, the ironic thing is that I'm giving it a higher grade, obviously, than zero. I could still stick with zero, but no. I mean, I see where this is going a little bit more this episode. But even though I'm giving it a higher score, if you go to IMDb, uh, it's got a 5.5 for the pilot. It's got a lower score for the additional. You would think it would get better as the episodes go on. It's got a 5.0 for the second episode double fantasy so let's see if it can get i i think this is one of those things where i if i'm going to quote Patton oswalt uh, and one of his jokes this is so like uh this pisses me off so much i kind of see want to see where it's going mm. so that's that uh we'll see you in the next the tertiary episode correct yep yep all right is norton out norton's out jasky's out as well <laughs>